Tandem Nomads, episode 238. Let's get one thing clear. You don't stink at writing copy. You just need a kickstart, your true voice. And that's it. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. So today, I'm really excited to talk to you about a big topic that we haven't yet dig into too much into Tandem Nomads, although I talk a lot about the importance of creating consistent content and really uh, working on your messaging with your clients. There's one thing that's really important along the time is also being able to create a copy that illustrates who you truly are on top of resonating with your client. So to talk about this exciting topic, I'm really excited to actually have an expert in the topic, Janine Christie. Janine, I'm so excited to have you here. Are you ready for this I am ride? ready to go. I'm ready. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so Nomad Nation, Janine is a copywriter and creator of the True Voice Copy Workshop. She is on a mission to get expat solo entrepreneurs to unleash a truer and bolder voice of their copy. She works on one-on-one with her clients to stop second-guessing what and how they say everything and say bye-bye to the rules of writing. And she's really passionate about that. So being an expat partner herself, she also understands the need to make your voice heard and believes there's no better place to do it than in your business. And I can tell you, Janine, the reason I wanted you on the show is because I have noticed you thanks oh. to your copy. I mean, I oh, could not right. resist. I mean, when I scroll through my Instagram and I see your posts, I'm like, I can't stop either laughing or being shocked or being amused or something, but I'm not left, how to say, uh, with no reaction. There's always a reaction. when Yeah, I, I, I go for impact. <laughs> exactly. So how... I couldn't think of a better person than you to have that. So I'm really excited well, thank you. after all this time talking together to have you on this uh, show. So before we go into the topic, I want to get to know a little bit about, about you and uh, know that nomination wants to do that. So tell me how you got to work, where you live and how you got to do what you do today. Well, okay. So um, it all happened in 2006 when I decided at the age of 35 that I needed a big change in my life. And I owned a house and I had a great job and the car and everything. And I just kind of chucked it all away and decided I was going to move to Spain. I was um, originally born in England, so I have a British passport. So it was much easier at that time before Brexit to come to Spain and get your residency. So I decided on Spain because it was a different culture. I thought I would be good at learning a new, a new language. And I, I, um, mm -hmm. That wasn't uh, a good decision. Well, it's a good decision, but I haven't been that great at doing it. And um, I came to Valencia, Spain in 2006, but then I decided um, it wasn't for me and I was going to go home. So I'd made that decision to go home, but I wanted to work a little bit before I went back so I would have something on my resume and not have such a, a gap. So I started um, doing the only thing that you can basically do here if you're a foreigner is teach English. Mm -hmm. So I was teaching English at a language academy and um, a surprising thing happened and uh, I fell in love with my boss. And oh, then I, that's a and good then one. 
Yes. And then, and then everyone likes to say, then I became his boss, but that's not true. Um, well, kind of. <laughs> and then we got married and then everything changed. Oh, everything changed wow. after I got married. So um, yeah. Lost How's here. your Spanish doing since? It's, it's better, <laughs> but you know, it's still not that great. I don't know if it's, I'm going to be 50 in July and I don't know if the the old noggin isn't working as well. I'm in perimenopause, so there's that going on. But, you know, as soon as I put more vocabulary and grammar in, more more falls out. Oh so if I ask my Spanish friends, they think I'm fine. But to me, I'm horrible. Oh. But I'm working on it. Yeah, soon you'll be doing copywriting in Spanish. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so just speaking of which, how did you get to do what you do? What was your journey to get to this point of being such an expert in this field? Well, I, I've always um, done copywriting and writing. When I was in Canada, um, I had a degree in psychology and then a post degree in communications. And I was working for corporations like American Express. And then I moved on to working for charities um, just to get a different take on a business because charities still are a business and a different style of writing. So I was always copywriting. And then when I became an expat, I'm going to say expat spouse, because that's when I really had to kind of kickstart my career again, because I didn't have anything. I um, had the brilliant idea or the courage to uh, hire a life coach. And for anyone out there that thinks coaches aren't worth it, if you find the right one, they're worth it. Mm -hmm. And I contracted Sunday, Sunday Bean. I'm sure a lot oh, of people have nice. heard of her. I think there's a thing going on right now that you're supposed to take a drink every time you say her name, because it's <laughs> everywhere. but there's a reason why she's very good at what she does. And we just kind of work together to kind of figure out what I should do as a business. And, but it wasn't just what to do as a business. It was kind of like to get back to me because I felt like I wasn't me anymore. I had a huge identity crisis. I'd slipped into a depression and I just didn't have any confidence in who I was anymore, which I think mm -hmm. is quite common to a lot of expat partners. Mm -hmm. And I was one of them. And then um, we just, we resurrected the, um, the writing Fire. career. Yeah. And I started out, but I made a conscious decision because I had noticed my voice kept shrinking and shrinking the longer that uh, I was an expat partner and I didn't have something for myself. Mm -hmm. When I decided to write, I was going to write as myself. So it was a very conscious decision at the beginning to write as myself. So hopefully that's why I stand out. Mm. I have a very kind of big, loud personality. So I think this comes out in my writing. But um, so that's how it kind of kicked it off with a, a blog. I was doing my expectations, which is Yes. It's a funny take on expat life. It's so funny. I love it. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. But in there, it it's also talks about finding your voice as an expat partner, all the struggles that we go through, losing your identity, um, not having a career or having a career change midlife, all of those things and the stresses of just being an expat. And then I started copywriting with different um, solopreneurs. And I kept noticing over and over again, they would hire me to write copy or consult. They wanted me to consult. And we would always get stuck on the topic of voice because they would have a strong voice, but they had no idea how to define it as a written personality and put it in their copy. So then I spent a lot of time doing that instead of actually the copywriting. So I thought, well, wait a second. There's something here. There's something here. And um, solopreneurs, they have to do it all on their own. It's, it's including writing copy usually. 
if they, if, you know, they don't have the budget to hire someone else or what I found it, a lot of people want control over their own voice and their own cop and they, they don't want someone else to do it and they don't trust someone else to do it. Mm-hmm. So they want to do it themselves, but they don't know how to write it and have it sound like them. So I did my market research, like Amel has said in many different <laughs> podcasts, and I surveyed a, um, quite a few expat solopreneurs that were friends of mine, and I saw kind of the void in copywriting that they needed, and I created a, a workshop to help them define their voice and then learn how to put it into their copy. This is so fun. What an exciting journey. What a transformation. Speaking of Sunday transformation. So big shout out to her. I would be completely wasted if I had to drink every time I mentioned her name. I I know. know. (laughs) So we almost talk all the time. So it would be really. Anyhow, so I'm really excited for you. So now I would love to talk about you already started you know, uh, seeding a little bit this topic of the importance of finding our voice so that we could write um, and find the inspiration, right? So first of all, what does it mean to you finding your voice in copywriting? It means, I'm going to kind of give you an image. Just imagine you're, you're, before you're an expat spouse. So when you're still home and you haven't made the mood move and you're with your people, and you're comfortable with your people. It could be your best friend. It could be your family. And you're sitting there and you're just having a great conversation. And you're vibing with them. They're vibing with you. You know, you're telling them a story. They're nodding along. And then they tell you a story and you're nodding along. And it's a great back and forth. That is when you're using your true voice. You sound exactly like who you are. Mm-hmm. The words that you use, the expressions, your humor, your warmth your edginess, whatever those things are that make up how you naturally are, is your true voice. Mm -hmm. So how do you translate that into writing? Well, this is the trick. A lot of people know that they have a personality. I mean, everyone has a personality and they think they have a good personality, but the trick comes, okay, so what is it? What is it if I had to define what is my sound, my identifiable sound? And the trick is learning how to define define it. And then once you have the definition of it, and then you have the tools to then write copy, because your copy is never perfect the first time you write it. It's not perfect the third time you write it. So if you have a definition of what your voice is supposed to sound like, the characteristics, the tone, the words, the expressions, even the rhythm of how you sound, if you have that definition and then you write copy and then you have to go to the third draft, that's the time when you can identify where it's not sounding like you Use that definition and all those kind of like your copy guide, copywriting style guide, and then you can put that into your copy. But it all starts with defining what your your true voice is, which I call your written personality. Mm-hmm. So how can we, if we don't know what is that voice, how, what would you recommend? This to is- what, what are the little cues that we should pay attention? I think this would need in-depth work and, it- and your support, right? To figure out what is that voice? Well, I find... Yeah. Yes, this is why I made it a workshop because there's a lot of digital courses out there and something like this, you can't do it through a digital course. It's something that it's, it comes faster and clearer when you're working with someone else that's kind of asking you the right pinpointed questions and then it comes out in your conversation. It's, 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 that, it's that kind of like working together with someone else and they know the questions to ask And then you build on what's coming naturally through those conversations into defining characteristics of the sound of the voice. 
and then you get the tools to put it into the copy. You, I hope that is a, an, a, a good yeah. answer. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I do think that that needs some like in-depth, like you said, work to do that. Yeah, but, it's just, it, yeah. that's why it's not a digital course. You need yeah. someone that kind of knows how voice works in copy mm-hmm. to help you kind of label my voice is this, this, and this when I write copy. I have that on a little cue card beside my desk. And when I write copy, I look over at that and I think is number one in my copy? No, put it in there. Is number two in my copy? No, put it in there. And uh, can you give us an example, for example, with you, those two, three mm-hmm. things, like, like, can you have a practical <laughs> example? Yeah, it comes, it's very simple. It's, I work with my clients and we, I ask them very strange questions, mm-hmm. but from that, usually I'm very, um, I have a very good ear for a lot for BS and from when someone's being themselves and um, naturally it's how they speak in their tone. So I, I start asking pinpointed questions and then we go from there where I get some kind of stories, their memories, because that's when people describe things in their, their real voice. And then we have an, um, we work through putting that down into three basic adjectives and those adjectives are extremely powerful, but they are you. And we take those adjectives and then I work with my clients on how to get those adjectives into the copy. And it's surprising just from one adjective, how it can change how you write a sentence mm-hmm. and what you write too. When you were using your true voice, the topics change. They become much stronger. You get a stronger voice. It's clearer and stronger. And the thing is when you want someone to read your copy, you want them to remember you. And usually there's a lot of scientific studies and they said the part of the brain that controls memory, the hippocampus, it's always uh, stimulated stronger when there are stronger emotions. And it's usually when you love something Mm. or you hate something. Right. So this is usually the crux of why people don't use their true voice because they're afraid of being disliked. But that's also one point that I work with my students, not my students, my clients is to get the hard Yes. It's all about getting the hard. Yes. So the people that like your sound are going to be like a hard. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be the ones that follow you and you don't have to worry about them not liking you because they like you. Right. So that's why they're following you. And you don't worry about the people that say no, in order to get the hard. Yes. You also have to accept that you're going to get the hard no from other people, but that's all about having your ideal client that you're writing for, but it's tough for people to do that. It's tough to do that, but at the end, it's so much more effective. Like It's so much more effective. Because it instead is. of always being in the middle, trying to satisfy everybody, it's like this, it's just like it. finding your niche. If you try to satisfy everybody, you'll satisfy nobody. So that is, yes. It's the same I thing can... as defining your niche. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right? If you try to resonate with everybody, you'll resonate with nobody. No. And that's why if you have a strong voice, you know who you're going to resonate with. And they, they know why they like you because they like your sound. So it's like, it gives them like a visceral feeling when they read your copy. They're like, I like the way she sounds. Right. And you know, it stays with them. And it becomes part of your brand. Definitely. It's your brand voice, but I don't really like to call it your brand voice. Right. True. It's your true voice. I always say to my clients when they come to me, say, Oh, I I need to brand myself. I don't know how to brand myself. And I'm like, 
the logo at the website is not the place to start. What you need to find is your messaging. So first yes. of all, you want to understand your target audience. Then you want to understand yeah. what is their pain point? What is the transformation you want to provide for them? Yes. And then you come and sprinkle it with that special thing. Exactly. That special who you are and your special voice. That is such a big part of um, the process with my clients I was very surprised because I deal with solopreneurs that have already started their business. They've launched it, but they're having problems kind of creating their, their style, their sound. And we spend a lot of time um, dealing with have they targeted or have they chosen or do they know who their ideal client is? And more times than not, it's not clear to them. Mm. So the messages messaging isn't clear. So we spend time on messaging. And then once we kind of have that in the box, then we put the sprinkles on top with the voice. And that's right. all part of writing copy because the pain points and your target art audience, that's the basics of writing copy, the of basics. Course. And there's a lot of information on the internet, on the, um, on the internet, on how to find your target art audience and do your research. But the sprinkling of you that's harder to do. Right. No, that's a real, that's a sprinkling of you. That's harder to do. I like that. <laughs> yes. I like that too. So actually it's interesting what you're saying. I'm maybe going a little bit like next level here, but I still want to say it just to not forget. Like we often talk about like the importance of resonating with your audience. So of course, if you know who's your ideal client and you know yourself, hopefully you'll have a match. People like to work with like-minded people. Definitely. So it's important that you know who you are so that you know who you want to attract as well. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'm trying to say here is there's a big part of marketing that's about using the language of your ideal client. So how do you mm -hmm. balance that? I know we go back and forth a lot with this. And I talk to my copywriter friends a lot. There's a lot of rules of copywriting. Mm -hmm. And they're just rules. And a lot of rules are meant to be broken. <laughs> so it's kind of get ingrained. You have to, I, I mean, I can't say I 100% agree with that. I agree with standing out with a personality that people are attracted to. And when they stop that death scroll on their Instagram and they're like, Ooh, you, your voice made them stop. Then the language is in your copy of how you're solving their problems. Mm. It's, it's not actually using the words of your client to, to be your voice. The words of your client are in the pain points, the understanding of their needs. But that doesn't mean that you have to speak exactly like your client. And I think a lot of people do that. And I think that's a lot of the reasons why a lot of copy sounds exactly the same on everyone's website because they are sticking to those rules. They're not laws, they're rules. And rules are made to be broken. Right. So and actually, you said something really important before we got into the, this call. Um, we were talking about the, all the coaches, especially in the expat field, and yes. how... Um, so I'll let you talk about that. Actually, what pisses you off? Let's just use the word. What pisses you oh, off? Oh, yeah. In this is one of the reasons why I started it. <laughs> what <laughs> pisses you off in the field of expatriates? I think we share some a common passion, oh. but I want to I want to hear you first. Um, you know what, what pisses you yeah. <laughs> The language that they're using. I, I mean, I have friends that are expat coaches. I've worked with expat life coaches, business coaches, and 
I mean, if the thing that I can say that pissed me off the most, and one of the reasons why I was really excited to create this workshop is because I'm so sick and tired of vanilla copy. And the vanilla copy, it doesn't mean that they're bad. It's just that they're afraid to put any strong emotion into what they're saying. And it just comes out vanilla. Everyone sounds the same. No one stands out. And there's already a bad kind of name around coach. A lot mm-hmm. of people do not like that word. I don't know if I like that word, but I, I've used coaches, so I know the value of them. But I think in how they market themselves, it's weak. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's weak. And yeah. weak copy never goes anywhere. It just goes into that death scroll of the, your, your ideal client's feed, and then your message is gone. Right. So important to understand how it's important to get that voice right and embrace it. And like you, yeah. we, we talked a bit earlier how people have such a negative image about coaches. And oh, we yeah. really believe that I think on your end is the copy in my end is the quality of their messaging and their content, but not yes. even the quality, the consistency of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like high level marketing is what will set you apart. Sometimes yes. you cannot, it's not actually the service is how good you are at attracting your ideal client, which will mm-hmm. make you good at yeah. delivering your service. And right. that's the one thing that I say, there's no, it's like, I just want to do my job. I just want to be a coach. I just want to coach people. So like oh, yeah. you're coaching people by having a good copy. You're having, you're coaching people by having a good marketing, but yeah. like I often say also, when I train my clients to sell, you coach to sell, you don't sell you coach people to buy. Yeah. And I think when you're more comfortable with your voice, because great copy, this is it. If, if people could just understand great copy is having a great conversation with your ideal client. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that can be, if you're selling, that can be, if you're explaining something, if you wrap it up as a conversation, a back and forth between them, the copy is, is gold, but who has a great conversation with someone that doesn't have a voice that they can hear? If they can't hear your voice, they, they can't have the conversation with you. It's as simple as that. Just, right. you know, exactly. so you have to have a strong voice so people can go, oh, that's what she's saying. I can hear her. And then they want to be part of the conversation with you. Exactly. And I said it a little bit before. Also, it's just being noticed, like how yep, to crack noticed. through the noise. And yeah, this like, is how I found you. Yeah. <laughs> well, getting back to what you were um, t- saying about the, the coaches and the bad rap that they have, I- I'd like to bring it back to the rules and the rule of using language that sounds like your client. Mm-hmm. Because it's a rule and everybody that researches, how do I write top copy that connects with my, my ideal client? They will get that rule. So then they all follow that rule and then they all use the language of their client. And guess what? All their copy sounds the same and no one stands out. That's so you can why. see where that rule isn't necessarily a good rule. It's just everywhere. So people think that it's the golden ticket, what, what works, but right. that's basic. And I think maybe tell me if I'm wrong. This is a really genuine question that I'm curious about. I'm not just interviewing <laughs> you here. I I feel like there's a difference between having a voice and having your style of writing, your style of talking versus knowing what 
what will trigger your audience. Knowing the language that triggers your audience or the pain point that triggers. It's one thing to choose a word versus another. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to have actually a way to say things. Like you could have your own personality, your own voice to say something, but Mm -hmm. you could use that one keyword versus another because you know that your audience uh, resonates with that. For example, when Mm -hmm. I started Tandem Nomads, my whole thing was about success, right? Being successful. And I realized doing my research that nobody told me I want to be successful. Nobody, right? So I couldn't use that. But I I use the term success, but they don't. However, I I could use my personality, but still say instead fulfillment. Right. Do you see what I mean? Like there's a difference between voice and- Yes, and for me, I would go even um, like- sharper on the word fulfillment because I really think we should be using words that people actually say like imagine if I was an expat partner and I was talking to another expat partner so a friend I have in Switzerland what is the conversation we would have what words would we use you have to get into that kind of like imagine the conversation between those two people what words would they use to describe their problems? Mm-hmm. That's what has to go in your copy, the real words. Yeah. So for example, you said the word fulfillment. For me, that wouldn't even connect with me mm-hmm. because I would never use that word in a conversation with someone True. else discussing my problems. Right. Exactly. You really have to get to the basic nitty gritty. If you're going to discuss someone's pain points, you have to put more emotion into it and use more emotional words that trigger something in them. Right. So- but you right. can wrap that, you could wrap that up. You could be talking about how someone is lying awake at night and they can't sleep because they're worried about what if their husband dies and they don't have their own career? What happens to them? I remember I used to lay awake at night thinking, I don't have anything for myself. So that's a pain point. But you could wrap that up and tell it in a funny way, describing them lying in their bed, sweats pouring down them. You know what I mean? That's where your voice comes in, where your personality comes in. And also storytelling. This is also another level where storytelling can be an extra really good element to actually be convincing is when you put yes. people in the situation yes. and, the, and make them feel those emotions. Yeah. I have a weird take on storytelling also, because I know that right now that is like the super trendy word, storytelling. Yeah. yeah. But once you get that super trendy kind of thing that everybody starts doing it, then you also start getting people sounding the same because then they're all about, I'm going to tell my story. And then it's all about that. And everyone starts to sound the same. That's different from telling your story. Like putting people in a situation is different than telling your story. I don't know if if you see what I'm trying to say here. Like trying to make people project in that moment Right. So I, I would, I, I mean, this is, I yeah. like this back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having, you know, right. it's more I, interesting. <laughs> I think so too, because it's like different camps on how to write copy. Right. But so tell me, um, I don't want to be the one interviewing you. Sorry, but I, I'm I would not like a to copywriter. Be, I suck no. at this. I have no other words than I suck but at this. But when you think of storytelling, <laughs> tell me what you think that is. Okay, for me, maybe storytelling is not the right word. You're right. For me, it's more in French, we call it mise en situation. I don't know how to say it in English. It's like helping people uh, project. Okay. 
right? So you you are putting them, You it's like painting the scene. I, I love to say that, like paint the yes. scene of yeah. the situation of, yes. I, I'm feeling miserable and miserable is not enough. So I'm going to, I cry in the morning. I feel, you know, uh, I want to kill my husband. He's fighting. I, for example, tell the stories. I used to tell the stories, speaking of, yeah. of how, I don't say that anymore because I moved on with this topic, but how um, my first day, after quitting my job, moving abroad in the first day I arrived in this country and my husband goes to work and he shuts that door. And I mm -hmm. find myself alone in that apartment in front of that door. And I actually, I'm mm -hmm. telling you this story. I'm having goosebumps right now. Right. It's like that shaky feeling in my stomach. I want yes. to vomit. I just want to, I'm like, what the heck did I just do? Right. Yeah. I'm actually just thinking about it. It makes me emotional. So this is for me, like putting people in the situation I rather can, than, yeah. I don't know. Did I answer your question? No, it com I completely agree. And I'm imagining how I would tell the exact same story because I had the same experience as you mm -hmm. when he shut that door. And I think for me, he shut the door and I went back to bed and watched uh, The Simpsons for about four hours straight. That's how <laughs> I dealt with it. So that's how I would tell that story. Right. In my voice. It's the same emotion. Mm -hmm. It's the same feeling. But when you put your voice into how you want to tell that that's what makes our stories stand out differently. Good. All right. Do you so understand? What is the nuance yeah. you wanted to bring into what I said about storytelling? Because I'm interested in that. Well, I think storytelling like is great. I think, yeah. you know, painting that picture okay. for them. But I think that people approach storytelling in very similar ways. And I think the stories become not basic, but there's another level. It's like you have storytelling, you have kind of painting the picture and this is the, the experiences of your client. And then there's another layer of how to spin that so that doesn't sound like the other expat coach that's mm -hmm. telling the story. Because a lot of people don't want to admit this, but for example, if you're a life coach uh, and if you're an expat coach, you're going to have your competition telling similar stories because there's only so many pain points that your clients have. Mm -hmm. But it's how you tell their, how you wrap up their pain points in your true voice that's going to make you sound different than the other coach. So the okay. storytelling is there about the husband shutting the door and you getting goosebumps. But there's another layer of, of, of making it um, not more interesting, but just different. Right, right. Okay, there's, there's, there's layers to it. Your voice is the extra sprinkle on your story and the story of your audience. Exactly. It's the extra sprinkle on the story. So right. when people say storytelling, I'm like, it's not just storytelling, but right. people stop there and then there's no extra sprinkle. Right. I love that. Okay. I love it. So I want to share something about my personal story with, with writing. I started a podcast because I just suck at writing. I mean, that's what I say now, but I know that I don't. Anyways, it's a long story, but I started a podcast to avoid writing. Right. And I realized I love it. very I love quickly. It. I, love it. I, mean, I realized very quickly. There's no yeah. way you can no. avoid writing. Like when people no. said that podcasting and eBooks <sighs> and making books disappear and writing disappear. That's so not true. I think yeah. our century has been about writing more than ever. Oh, one thing I explain at the very beginning with my clients is the definition of copy because a lot of people like to define copy in one camp and content in another. I do not. Every, all the words that you use to communicate, which is in your podcast, your scripts, if you were doing a webinar, right. 
every word is copy. Exactly. So there's no way to avoid it. There just no isn't. No way. <laughs> no. no. I have two more things that are a little bit more specific. The first one is any guidance you want to share about when um, we feel like we don't know how to write. What do you want to say okay. to that? I, I've been one of those people like, I can't write. I just can't write. I'm not a good think, writer. Right. What do you answer to that? I think a pe people put a lot of pressure on themselves to be excellent at everything, especially when you're a solopreneur and it's impossible. Mm -hmm. But the first step to not thinking that you suck or not sucking is to become comfortable with the process of doing it. When you tell yourself you suck and you put those fingers to the keyboard mm -hmm. and you're not comfortable in your own skin, it comes out in your copy. So that's rule number one. It's like a mindset when you get to the keyboard mm -hmm. of not sucking. Excellent. And if you are writing from a place of being naturally you, because you don't suck at being you. <laughs> you can't. You know what I mean? If it's the one thing that you can control and turn on when you want, it's being you. Actually, you so can't control. If you're you, you're you, right? Well, it depends. In certain situations, you might have to tone it down. All right. Yeah. I mean, I have a very loud personality, but even I know in certain situations, hey, Janine, guess what? You got to tone that down a little bit. Right. In your copy, I don't, you know, but in, in the workshop, I do teach my clients how to turn it up when there needs to be more. Okay. Like if, you, if we are working with one adjective of their personality, we do exercises where they can turn that adjective up, but we also learn where's the breaking point where they can't reach mm -hmm. and when they need to turn it back down. Because okay. different copy requires different elements of your voice and different strengths of your voice. You practice, practice, practice. The more you write, mm -hmm. the more you write. You that's have true. to write to get better. It's not, that's why I said no one is perfect. A copywriter's first draft isn't good. It's garbage. Mm. Okay. Their second draft might be garbage, but usually they have the skills and the tools to know in the third draft what's missing. So that's what I try and help my clients with. Interesting. I like that process. Can you repeat that again? So the first copy will usually be garbage. Your second copy might be garbage, but in the third copy is really where you can yeah. go and find out what's missing and then put that in there. And your third copy is usually gold. Right. That I love that. I love that. So what if we get stuck? We're in front of the, we have this oh. white paper in front of us and we're stuck. Then do a brain dump. Brain dump. Like the first draft should... If you go to the, um, to the keyboard with the intention of, I'm going to bang out the first draft and it's going to have everything I want in there, you're setting yourself up for failure. Do a brain dump of every stupid thing you want to say, negative, positive, get it all down on paper, go back later, not after, do the brain dump and walk away then mm -hmm. go back later. It could be a day later and highlight because you know in your gut, yes, that's what I really want to say. That's how I really want to say it and start highlighting that and then go and write your second draft. Mm -hmm. Walk away from, you should always walk away from your copy and leave it for a day for it to rest because usually you will come back the next day and in a second change a, a sentence that was bothering you, the next day you can change it in five seconds, but it needs to rest. So it's so mindset true. and then and then letting your copy breathe. So true, I love that. So I have two contradictionary ideas in my head right now about that. The first one is 100%, you know, I've experienced that um, just recently, actually, to write copy and leave it down, come back to it, and then it's like, oh, my God. And then fin finally, you start getting it. It's 
it's like the more time you give your copy, the more you come back to yes. it, the, the better it gets. But at the same time, sometimes you, you spend too much time on it and mm-hmm. you then keep rewriting, rewriting and never oh, get yeah. happy. So there's how a, do we like avoid There's a that? limit. Yeah. How do we avoid that between going back to the copy right. after resting and versus mm-hmm. like now you're going into the rabbit hole? Well, you should always, I mean, you should go in with the mindset of, I want to say these five things. So mm-hmm. if you have five particular messages, that's clear. If you don't have that, it's like going to take you a long time. So if you have the five messages clear when you start, that's a good thing. Then you let it rest. When you come back next, those messages are there. And then you can start sprinkling in the kind of, I don't know, the chocolate rainbow sprinkles, but having the message and it, it could be three bullet points before you start your copy, but you know, I need to hit this point in my copy. I need to hit that point. These three things going with that on your first draft. Mm. Okay. And then in your second draft, start weeding out the things that don't hit those main points. Your third draft, start looking for you in there. You know, it's like, that does not sound like what I say in my head. This is not how I would say it. And you know, cause you look at it and there's an ick factor. I teach my clients how to use the ick factor to look at their copy and go, no, big red X. This is the way I really want to say it in my head. They say they move on. So it ends up reducing the amount of time it takes for them to write copy, but you have to be brutal with it. Mm -hmm. Use your gut, slash the copy, be a little bit bolder in what you really wanted to say and not be afraid of it because you need a strong opinion in your copy and then move on is so important so we talked a lot about a lot of important things here about the importance of finding your voice and there's more to share actually so we have a you've prepared for us a great workbook for that so nomad nation go to tandemnomads.com slash 238 and you'll find janine's great workbook to help you with the importance of finding your voice right um but is there anything else that you think we missed from the conversation that you really want to make sure that yeah people who are listening are getting it there's one thing if you can get this one thing then finding your voice and using it is a lot easier and it's kind of like my bossy opinion on things and what I kind of like keep going for each session with my clients in the workshop is don't be afraid to get the hard yes but also don't be afraid to get the hard no because Mm -hmm. that kind of then you know I want this and I don't care about that and when you approach copy that way it kind of reduces. everyone has fear, you know, but when you know, I'm going to get a hard yes with this. And those people are going to say no, but the people that say no, aren't your ideal clients. It doesn't matter. And you won't be afraid to be more you and that people won't like you because the people that are liking you are giving you the hard yes. And they're the ones that are going to buy your service or keep following you. So you have to be, you know, you have to stay on your ground and get the hard yes, but not be afraid of getting the hard no. I love it. This is so good. hundred percent. So tell me more a little bit about um, how do you work with your clients to help them? Well, the workshop, it's called, uh, it's True Voice Copy Workshop, and it is a one-on-one workshop we do through Zoom calls. Um, And it's six sessions, and it can be once a week for an hour and a half or every two weeks. It depends on the person's schedule. And we work together. We always work together. And in there, we define your voice what it is. So it's like, this is my personality in writing. So you have the definition that you could always refer back to when you're writing copy. And from that, we start to develop a style. 
And this, you can actually document this style as we go along in the sessions. So it's all at the end that you come up with an identifiable sound that's you, but you also kind of have a style guide. So every time you write copy, you can refer back to it and make sure that your copy always has your voice in there and your style. And the more and more you do that, you'll start to see like what, what you said uh, when we started the podcast, every time I see you in my Instagram, I know Janine's going to be like this, like this, mm -hmm. like this, and I like it. So you stop. And that's what you want your copy to initially yeah. do. Right. And the question has always been for me, how do I make sure that people see me? How to notice me and see my posts? That's well, the question copy, for everybody. <laughs> the copy has a lot to do with it. It has sure. a lot to do with it. Yes, yes. for sure. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your great insights. And Nomad Nation, if you want to learn about more about Janine, all her information are in the show notes of this episode. You go to tandemnomads.com slash 238, as well as her great workbook on, um, on finding your voice that will help you as well reflect on that. So thank you so much, Janine. It's been such, so much fun to share thank with you. you this moment. And thank you for your great great insights. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Nomad Nation, I look forward to meeting you in the next episode and hearing all about your feedback. Feel free to share with me everything you think about this episode and your feedback either on Instagram or via the website where we find our contacts. See you there and stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.